Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. We're in chambers this week to clear the docket. And with me, as always, is Maine's holiday boy, Judge John Hodgman. (laughs) Me, me, me. We're off to outer space. We're leaving Mother Earth to say, you know this song, Jesse? We're leaving Mother Earth. (laughs) That one that Tracy Morgan sings on Saturday. Rocket, I'm taking a rocket. (laughs) (laughs) To say. Oh, Tracy Morgan's funny. This is, Jesse Thorne, what this is right now is is the theme to Star Blazers. The American translation of the very famous 1970s Japanese anime space adventure, uh, uh, space battleship Yamato. Mm-hmm. You know, I promised. I promise. It's been a rollicking couple of weeks here in the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm broadcasting to you now live on tape, uh, digital tape, from the solar-powered studios of WERU, 89.9 FM in Orland, Maine. Did you know that, that the studios are enti- entirely solar-powered, Joel? Entirely. Entirely solar-powered. Electricity from the warmth of the sun. From the Yeah, in Maine. And you know, we're getting sun up here in Maine up to four hours a day. So right. it's, we're really getting – I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's, I think we have one Edison bulb running, basically, for illumination. But it's been rollicking. I've made some promises. I promised that I would sing the Star Blazers theme. And then we ran out of time, and I said, I'll do it next time. And then I didn't. I don't know what happened. All I know was I was planning to open the show by singing the Star Blazers theme. It was going to be great. It was going to be very rollicking. You know Star Blazers, Joel? No. All right. Well, you would have loved it. I'm sure. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why? Look, we've had a lot of listener engagement over the past couple of weeks. It's been a delight. Reading your letters, your toddler questions, your Vicks VapoRub memories. Love it. But then Matthew had to write in. Listener Matthew. On the submission form page, Joel, taking me to court. My dispute is with none other than the Honorable Judge John Hodgman himself. That is normally a cause for automatic deletion. Mm-hmm. Don't take me to my own court. That's not, it's against the Constitution. There's still some norms. Right. And in the recent episode, Grocery Store Quilts, I was excited to get to hear John sing the theme to Star Blazers, of course. But after it being teased several times, I was disappointed not only to not get to hear his rendition, but also that John taunted those of us looking forward to it with his closing words for the episode, putting it off. It was, that's, that's what's called a complaint. A complaint against this court because I didn't follow through the way he wanted it to. And I said, I will sing the Star Blazers song eventually, Matthew, but I do not take requests and I am not bullied in my own court. So you're not going to hear it today. Go face all of the listeners over on Reddit who are mad now because they thought they were going to hear Star Blazers. You, wouldn't, you, you got in my craw, friend. You got right in my craw. You're still in there. I will only I will sing the Star Blazers theme in a future episode, an episode, a very exciting episode that we're planning called the Festival of the Bailiffs, a new wintertime holiday, Jesse, and that's when you'll hear it. But if you, Matthew, if you send me a letter about Star Blazers and you try to rush me into a thing again, you get you get what what happens, Jesse? You get punished, right? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. you do the crime, you got to do the time. Yeah, you got to wait. I will thank Matthew, though, for sending me a YouTube link to the original Japanese language version of, of Space Battleship Yamato, which I've never seen, with subtitles. And I'm looking forward to watching that. Thank you, Matthew. I will not sing the theme in Japanese as you challenged me to do, because that would be inappropriate. Jesse, it's a new year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Did you have a, a, a rollicking New Year? I mean, <laughs> it can only get better from here on out, right? That's right. Jennifer Marmer, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Judge. Joel, did they tell you that it's a new year yet? No. Yeah, I'm here to tell you. Thanks. 2021. It can only be better. It's going to be ro- And we're going to have a rollicking good time today, Jesse. We've got some justice to dispense. And, uh, and we also have a, a lot more listener engagement. It's about kind of a mailbag. Speaking of bags, one last thing before we get into it, Jesse. When I, we obviously were, you know, we're recording this before 2021. I mean, I'm presuming that the new year happens. Right. In fact, we're, we're, you know, it's still the height of the end of 2020 holiday season. And I walked into the studio here at WERU. And by the flickering light of the single Edison bulb, I noticed a bag of cookies that Joel Mann gave to me. Merry Christmas, Judge. Thank you very much. Joel, did you make these yourself? I did. I'm going to have to have one. They're sugar cookies, they're peanut butter cookies, and oatmeal cookies. Hmm. I have an allergy to cookies. (laughs) Those are three of the top categories of cookies, Joel. You really nailed it. Christmas cookies. Look at that. Mm. Oh, crispy? Sorry about this, people who have misophonia. Turn down your radio. I'll let you know when you can turn it up again. Mmm. <laughs> After peanut butter. Mmm. That's a great savory cookie, Joel. I'm glad you like it, Judge. I can, I, you know what? I can barely taste the scallop. It's just a hint. <laughs> John, you should know that's a dog biscuit. Is it a dog biscuit? That's what, that's what savory cookies are otherwise called. Jesse, I want to ask you a question. You own dogs, right? You got dog biscuits in your house? Yeah, sure. Of course. You, you, you ever eat one? Not since childhood. They look so good. I really want to eat one. I have vivid sense memories of wandering into my mother's pantry where there was a big red plastic trash can full of dog food mm-hmm. for our dog, Sonoma. What? And I never heard about this dog named Sonoma. Well, she went to live with my mom's dental hygienist. Uh, all right. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but I would absolutely would sneak into the pantry and sit there and pull pieces of dog food out of there and eat them. It's interesting. I've eaten cat food when I was a youth as a, on a dare with myself because I was an only child. I dared myself to do it alone. It was just late at night and you were watching that guy who used to go on Letterman. <laughs> Which guy do you mean? There was a guy who went to, used to go on Letterman whose job it was to taste test pet food. And so they would invite him on and have him eat pet food on camera. Never knew that. I never knew that. I never saw that. He would bit. offer it to Dave. Dave would uh, not want to eat it. Very yeah, funny. That's a good bit. Mm-hmm. But I never had a dog. 
was, I still think, even though I don't, and you know, you'll and you'll uh, uh, forgive me, Joel. I normally don't go for a cookie. I, I don't eat a lot of sweets. Those were that was delicious, though. But even though I don't normally go for a cookie, when I see a dog biscuit, I want to eat it. I I want to eat it. I also want to gnaw yeah. on a rod. Maybe that's really? my New Year's. Yeah. It's part of me that really wants to gnaw on a rod. What about one of those desiccated penises that they give to dogs? No. That's weirdly that hasn't. Those ones smell isn't. really bad. They no. really smell bad. Dogs love them, but they smell horrible. Well, Misophonics, you may now turn your radio back up. We've got justice to dispense. Wait, hold on. I have to tell you something. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My dog takes uh, pills for sure. her heart. She has a heart condition, slightly enlarged heart. Yeah. She's got a big heart. I've heard about it. Yeah. She takes beef-flavored pills. Mm, that sounds good. I call them her beefies. <laughs> it's all. Just wanted to share that. <laughs> well, we've Say, got some. On, come over here, Coco. It's time for your beefies. Look, the Chet Shen Hodgman podcast has drifted onto an obviously different planet. In, yeah. In, in which it's, a, you know, a very popular style of podcast, which is friends talking, which is great. Yeah. But there are still some listeners out there who have beefies with each other. Se- mm-hmm. Segway. Jennifer Marmer liked that one. Let's, uh, let's get to the – where's the beef, Jesse? Here's something from Reeb. They say – I have a dispute that comes from an old game of scattergories. Under the category trees and the letter A, my friend wrote artificial. I argued her entry was invalid because an artificial tree is not a real tree. She says it counts since it has tree right there in the name. As a judge of so many disputes about artificial trees, I seek your ruling on this scoring dispute. Oh, people are not going to like it when we go back to hearing regular cases. They're going to they're, yeah. they're going to take me to court. I'm like, keep talking about beefies. Mm-hmm. We move on. We change. We 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 shift with the wind. That's how we survive. Yeah, shift with the availability of studio bookings. <laughs> <laughs> we shift. We shift with the winds of pandemic. Right now, question, Jesse. You know the game's categories. Yeah. In this game, I think uh, you get a category and a letter and you have to write down as many things that fit the category and start with that letter as possible. Right. So like uh, uh, dog pills would be the category and the letter is B. Beefies would be perfect. Yeah, you'd write beefies. Right. And then I guess also beefies plus. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I got stuck. Trees. You would write, if yeah. The category is trees and it's an A. You would write Aspen. Um, mm-hmm. that's a tree. That's all mm-hmm. I got. Jennifer Marmer, you got a tree that begins with A? Ash. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ash. Wow. Out of nowhere. You win the game. That's incredible. Apple. Oh, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, left out of left field. Of course, apple tree. That's all I got. Jesse, you got one? Aardvark. Mm, that would not be a winner. Starts with two A's. Well, true. Among the first words in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to get the letters of trees that start with A. Listen, does artificial tree count? Jesse Thorne, what say you? John, I think I'm going to put put this one into the category 
of games and gaming, mm-hmm. uh, which is a category of, we have discussed this on the show before. I do not qualify in this category because all games make me feel bad. Oh, no. I'll tell you, I had a bad feeling once playing categories in particular. Our, our good friend, Gene Gray, uh, was doing a show in, in New York back when that happened and invited me to, on the show to play a game of categories with her on the show. And I had never played the game before. And, uh, you know, in the, in the category of Fs, Gene has none to give. So we were just sitting around having fun, F for fun, being silly about it. And someone off stage started yelling at us, side stage, very angry because we were insulting the game of categories. This person takes the game very seriously, and he was very upset that we were that we were messing around with it. And that person was the comedian and actor David Cross, an a-, a for avid category fan, and he was not joking. In this case, a person of renowned humor was not joking around when he looked us in the eyes and said, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Scategories is a noble game. You should play it correctly. And you know what? I suddenly remembered I am ashamed of myself all the time. That's my, that's my superpower, like the Hulk. <laughs> my secret cap is I'm always ashamed. So I decided... I've got David Cross's email. Why don't I put it to him? He's the the category judge. And Jesse Thorne, you know what he wrote back? What did he say? Artificial tree. Fair game. Wow. A quoting David Cross. It absolutely counts. The mistake here is the presupposition that what is required in the answer is supposed to be quote unquote real which is itself open to interpretation, pretty metaphysical. Nobody said anything about real. If it was a description that was never used before, the person just tried to add a tree to it, then sure, like aardvark tree, I guess he means. But artificial Mm -hmm. trees are commonly known. They are described as such by the people who sell Christmas trees all over the English-speaking world. Sorry. But artificial trees are commonly known. They are described as such by the people who sell Christmas trees all over the English-speaking world, world, I can't. I'm not. In, apparently, I'm not part of the English-speaking world. Anyway, it counts, says David Cross. That one comes down with the hammer. Read. David Cross starred in a wonderful film this year called *The Dark Divide*. I don't know that one. It was about. Uh, he was a lepidopterist. It's a butterfly scientist, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's in the category of butterfly uh, scientists. Whose wife, played by uh, Deborah Messing, passes away. And uh, but before she dies, she applies for a grant on his behalf, which he receives uh, to travel through the forests of Oregon and uh, look for rare butterflies and moths. And he kind of goes mad and finds redemption in the forests of Oregon and occasionally maybe sees a Sasquatch. All this sounds exactly like the kind of movie I should be watching. Yeah. The great- I mean, you should have heard about it in his conversation 
with me on Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Oh, once again, I am... Just a few months ago, an in-depth conversation uh, that I recommend to all our listeners. Once again, I am a creature of pure shame. Oh, my goodness. I apologize, Jesse. Here we go. Let's take a quick break. More items on the docket coming up in just a minute on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We're clearing the docket this week and we've got something here from Lorraine. Every evening, my husband loads dishes in the dishwasher, which is awesome. I usually wake up earlier in the morning and find that our drain catcher in the sink is filled with what I referred to as grotesque drain salad. Mm. But when I mention this term to my husband, he becomes very scared, (laughs) saying naming things gives them power. (laughs) Will you tell him that grotesque drain salad is appropriate? That is exactly what it is. Well, this one's obvious to me, John. <laughs> you let the drain salad turn. wait until it turns 13, and then it chooses its own name. <laughs> you just got to give it a milk name, they call it. This went in a very different direction. Uh, I mean, I presumed that there was going to be a dispute about how to load the dishwasher. Which is the source of all domestic disputes. Like, it is the essential, just as all matter is composed of atoms, all domestic disputes are composed of disputes over how exactly you load the dishwasher. Yeah, there is a there is a perfect way to do it, and um, it's different for every dishwasher. And if you would like to know the correct way to load your individual dishwasher, send me a picture. Oh, boy. And now I've done it, Joel. Watch out. Send me a picture of your dishwasher. I'll reply to the first five people. After that, you're out of luck. And I'll tell you how to load it properly. I recently, John, bought a new dishwasher. And I opened it up to load it for the first time. And I had an existential crisis. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I realized how much of my identity had been wrapped up in an exact system for loading my previous dishwasher. Yeah. 
it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle that is worth solving. And it's hard. It's like you. It's basically like you. You finished a. You completed a, a beautiful jigsaw puzzle, maybe one made by our friends at Liberty Puzzles. And you're very proud of figuring it out. And now you've taken it apart, put it in a box, put it away, and gotten a new one, and it's a whole new thing. What kind of um, silverware caddy do you have in there? Do you put them in, like, up and down, or do you lie them down in a tray? Forks and spoons. Uh, it's and an up and down caddy. Classic up and down uh, caddy. And I'm a... Uh... I put the business end down uh, on the theory that it puts it closer to the jets. You're, talk, um, you're talking about my, the, 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 the tip of the blade of a knife or the tines of a fork. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, But but I want to be clear that don't at me. Just yeah. no. It's fine if you do it the other way. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's going to be okay. No, I'm the one who invited the pictures of, of dishwashers. I will take the heat. I will take all the heat for this one. I'm like Batman at the end of Dark Knight. I'll take all the heat. All right. Now, what are we calling this drain salad? Yeah, so there are two great things about Lorraine's husband. One is he loads the dishwasher, which is incredible. Good job. Uh, two, he's got this incredible imagination, uh, the, this, this fear that by giving the thing the name, it will have power over him. And the thing in, the, in question is the gross food detritus that is collected in the drain catcher. That shouldn't be there. That needs to be cleaned out. You can't just let that sit there. Even though it's scary and slimy and disgusting and Lovecraftian in its awfulness, truly befitting the name grotesque drain salad, which is as gross as it sounds, it is up to you to depower it, Lorraine's husband, by tossing it in the bin. And until you do so, Lorraine's husband... I curse thee. <laughs> I, I curse thee with the grotesque drain salad. Because what you don't know is that now that it is named, it is sentient. Or perhaps you do know that. But what you don't know is until you throw it away, if you leave it there after loading the dishwasher, it will slip out of its little cup in the bottom of your sink and slither into your bedroom and watch you as you sleep. And it's going to want to get in your nose. Terrifying. And you'll wake up like, is it there? And you won't see it because it's gone. Because grotesque train salad, it's fast. A lot of people don't know that about it. It's fast like mercury. It's out. So finish the job. Throw it away. Here's a dispute from Nicole. She writes, My husband and I are proud parents of an only child. Our boy is 10 years old and loves listening to age-appropriate podcasts. He's picked up the habit of listening to podcasts on earbuds while eating dinner or breakfast, something he's seen me do many times. My husband, Ted, feels this is inappropriate and that he should not have any distractions while eating. I say it's fine if we're not all sitting down together for dinner like we do on the weekends. Ted is at his office all day while my son and I are at home together doing online schooling, homework, practicing piano, trying to stay sane and entertained. By the time Ted gets home, our quality time is all used up, and we want to have our own space for a bit. I would like the judge to order a ruling that mealtime podcast listening is okay during our long slog of a week, with the understanding that weekend dinners are sacred and without distraction. Sane and entertained. 
Those are the two missions. Jesse Thorne, what are you, what are you guys doing for mealtime in your house? I mean, you got all of your kids are under ten, so yeah, it's a it's a my children don't eat any adult food. Okay, <laughs> um, and so for that reason, I would say we all have dinner together forty percent of the time. That's a high percentage, I would say. Well, it's just because it's you know there are times when I am not up to cooking. A nice dinner for Teresa and me. Right. Uh, at the same time that I'm cooking dinner for the kids. And I don't always also want to eat dinner at 5 or 5.30. Right. Um, I mean, I don't love eating dinner at 8.30 or 9 either, but those are my choices. But dinner would mean um, sitting around a table. When you sit to that 40%, that would mean sitting at your table, everyone eating. Yeah. No one's listening yeah. to podcasts. No, I mean at most we might have some music playing, some some dinner music playing. Yeah, you know Sarah Vaughn or something. Not age appropriate podcasts. <laughs> Doctor Game Show is not playing <laughs> while we're having dinner. I might try that tonight. I have, you know I feel obviously I feel for Nicole. I feel for Ted too. I don't feel for that only child, that ten year old only child. I'm jealous of him. I want to be a 10-year-old yeah. old child again. Whew. That's the life. Boy, oh boy. Just got to go, guys. I'm going to go read in my room for as long as I want. I know, right? Listening, Listen, if you're child, if you're listening, this child has not been named, so they have no power over me. <laughs> they are depowered. <laughs> so I can say, if, if this is the age-appropriate podcast you're listening to, child, you don't know how, while you eat your... I don't know what your beef wellington or whatever you made for yourself, precocious only child. You don't know how good it is. You don't know how good it is because someday you're going to have maybe maybe you'll have a family of your own who you love very much. Maybe you'll have more than one child. A lot of different tastes to wrangle, a lot of different bodies to wrangle to get to the dinner table. Maybe you'll be in Maine. <sighs> A place that you love very much, and you're with your family, but you're also with an an older relative. And that older relative, Mm -hmm. who you love very much, makes dinner time, by necessity, a more formal affair than it would be if you were just hanging out on a week, on a Tuesday night with your mom and dad. You know what I mean? More formal affair. We're talking about great Aunt Agatha here. I'm talking about Governor Janet Mills of Maine. Is living with me. Uh-huh. Not true. Sure. She, she demands a state dinner every night. It's not yeah. that's not true. Same with me and Diane Feinstein. <laughs> I know, right? 87 years old. I tell her, here's what happens. I tell her, we can't have a state dinner tonight, Diane. I usually call her Senator Feinstein or Mayor Feinstein as a native San Franciscan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and she says, Okay, okay, okay. But then her aides have to explain that to her over and over, and she will not resign. <laughs> That's some topical humor, John. I didn't know. I didn't know that you're pushing the envelope there from the national public radio perspective. No, I'm just talking about a New York Times article I read. We may need to put this behind the paywall. <laughs> Joel, Joel. Yes, Judge. 
Who's in your household? You and your wife, right? Yeah, my kid's gone. She's in Paris. Fantastic. Yeah. So of an evening, dinner time is what? I usually cook. Yeah. And we sit at the bar and watch TV, the news, and eat. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous of you. Hmm. I don't want so – TV, the news. I love, love to co- I love to cook Nicole and Ted's child. I love it. And, Ted, I understand why you want to have time with your family and that you want to protect, t- to a certain degree, the sanctity of the dinner table as being a traditional point of human communion. But boy, would I not give for just a dinner where it's like, everybody make your own soup, and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this podcast. You gotta have you gotta have a balanced <laughs> diet. Everybody make your own soup. Oh, I'm thinking maybe that's dinner tonight. I got, I'm going I'm going to the you know my every now and then pilgrimage to stock up at the grocery store, and I truly was thinking like, can I just get canned soup and make everyone. Is it make your own soup night. <laughs> Problem is we don't have enough burners. We don't have enough burners because we have this extra. You ever go to one of those MYOS restaurants? <laughs> make your own soup. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you you just came up with an incredible franchise chain restaurant concept. There is a cannage fee. <laughs> a lidage fee. It's just um, it's just a series of hot plates. Yeah, it's like a exactly. Korean barbecue, but with hot plates in the middle of the table. <laughs> and that one guy from last week eating cold chunky soup out of a can in a booth. I don't know why we put him in a booth. Yeah, go sit in the Vichy Soise booth if you want to eat cold soup. Anyway, John, I eat my Vichy Soise warm. You know, look, Ted, you eat your Vichy Soise warm. Wait a minute, I was about to go on, but what? I do, yeah. Room temp or warmed up? Warmed up with stuff in it. You're making Usually. your own soup? Yeah. What stuff are you adding? Uh, sometimes I'll add some like crumbled bacon or uh, the other, last time I added some blue cheese. That was nice. Um, Sounds great. Sometimes I'll add some, some nice olive oil on top or some uh, some of those fried onion pieces. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Look, we're all trying – that's fantastic. We're all trying to say Thank you. sane and entertained. And if that means you've got to sort of reach the traditional social contract from time to time and warm up your Vichy Soise, not just warm up, but doctor it up, go for it. If that means you need to just sort of like – I mean, Ted, I get you. You're at the office all day. You want to be with your family, but – Nicole and your child have they've they're all burned out by the time it's dinner time. Dinner can be very casual on a on a weeknight and sometimes it needs to be. You can't force your son to make beef wellington every night and sit down at a white tablecloth table. Yeah, that's more of a Dan McCoy thing. Yeah. <laughs> the flop has. But I'll say this on a very fine podcast. But I'll say this. I don't like yeah. I don't like the idea of and maybe this, I'm just saying this out of spite because I'm jealous of this kid. I don't like the, this kid eating dinner with his headphones in. Don't care for it. I think that there's something almost too antisocial about wearing headphones at dinner. Sitting at the bar watching TV, at least you and your wife are side by side, right, Joel? That's right. Yeah. You make a little comment to each other? Yeah. You say, how about that 
Mark Shields. Yeah. You say. <laughs> you go, go, I didn't, did you see on the news that Governor Janet Mills is living with John Hodgman? Yeah. And his family? I appreciate Nicole that uh, that you that you have modeled this behavior to your son of listening to podcasts while eating, but I don't think that it's a good behavior to model. I'm sorry, I'm twisting this around. I'm going back the other way. I think if your son wants to have a book or a comic book, if you guys want to watch a movie together, if you want to be someone's at the table, someone's over there, that's fine. But I think you kind of want to be in earshot, unless he's going to go into his room. Once a week just to eat dinner and listen to an age-appropriate podcast. But then you're setting up a dangerous precedent because he's not going to be 10 forever. Eventually, he'll be 13, 14, and you know what he'll be doing in his room all by himself, listening to age-inappropriate podcasts. I would say lunch, breakfast, earbuds, fine. Dinner, Ted's home, take him out. Don't all have to be together and formal. And as I say, I have a comic book, have a play a game, play a game of Monopoly deal during dinner. Keep it light. Keep it easy. Everyone make their own soup. Asynchronous dining is fine. But I but I think like you wouldn't want your son wearing a virtual reality headset while eating his chunky soup, right? I think that headphones in is a little is a little too antisocial. Ted wants to be heard by you guys. So there. Now I'm thinking about all the different things my chunky soup could become if I were wearing a virtual reality headset while I ate it. <laughs> you could be you could be eating chunky soup, but in virtual reality you're eating something good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Look, maybe it's better than it was the last time I had it, but on principle I'm against chunky soup because of the name chunky soup. Mm. Does not appeal. I do like all those television commercials where a, where a football player's mom tells him to eat it, and it's his real mom. Yeah, I oh, like that. yeah, that's. Cu- I mean, it's cute. It's cute. It's look. It's a storied brand at this point. Probably the most famous. What What would you say is the most famous flavor of chunky soup? Wow. I mean, my my initial instinct is to say minestrone. Yeah. No. It's actually. It's interesting. That is the most famous. I, I, I asked the wrong question. Do you know what the most popular uh, brand of chunky soup is? It's, I don't. Well, it's a, grotesque drain salad. Really? Yep. Chunky's grotesque just drain sales salad. sales wise. Just by just sheer sales. sales. Wise. Yep. Just by sales. Yeah. Can't keep them in stock. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, our hit proprietary podcast segment, Cool Babies. Plus, more about the child who ate Vicks VapoRub with his Thanksgiving meal. (laughs) You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. 
It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Welcome back to the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. This week, we're clearing the docket. Ooh, a lot of listener engagement this week, and it was lovely to hear from everybody. Uh, Jesse, as you know, a week or so ago, we introduced a new, a brand new segment of what used to be a judge show and is now this. And that segment mm-hmm. is called Cool Babies. That is our intellectual property. The McElroy brothers don't get to use it. Yeah, And the Cool Babies segment consisted of reports from parents about what their toddlers said. Profound and unsettling questions posed to those parents by their children in the spirit of is but leg. Like real stumpers. Mm-hmm. I received yeah. a lot of great letters. They were all terrific letters. Some of them confused stumpers with cute things or funny things. But I loved all the funny mm-hmm. things. I'm sorry that I couldn't read all of them on the air. There were just too many, and it was very fast. It was very flattering and exciting that you were all out there listening, and it's nice to make the connection with you during these times of disconnection. But I do think that we covered all of the profound questions, and instead I'd like to pivot to a couple of letters that I got since the last episode aired that do not contain profound questions, but rather ominous statements in a new segment we call Creepy Cool Babies. May I share a couple Mm. of these with you, Jesse? 
<laughs> May you? I insist you do. All right. So Glenn wrote in to say, quote, my two-year-old asked me yesterday, you scared? <laughs> and I asked her why, and she said, storm's coming. <laughs> According to Glenn, she tells him storms come in probably five times a week. <laughs> John, do you think do you think Glenn's two-year-old is Joel? Joel. She's a budding meteorologist. <laughs> Joel, say say storm's coming. Storms are coming. <laughs> that one goes out to Glenn's daughter. And I don't I don't think that uh, – unless Glenn's daughter is a big uh, follower of the QAnon theory. The storm, mm -hmm. the storm is a big metaphor in there. I hope not. But I'll tell you, by the way, that Glenn, I, 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 you know, I normally like to keep listeners. I don't know what their privacy level is. But Glenn, I know. Well, this is the, the comedian and storyteller uh, uh, Glenn Tickle who's got an – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glenn Tickle is an incredibly funny, smart friend of the show, really great performer. He's got a great – uh, a great comedy special called Good Grief, a comedy about loss and being bad at it. He's one of the loveliest people. And the best – I mean, look, the best thing about Glenn Tickle is his comedy, his parenting. I mean, there, there are about seven other best things. Probably the ninth best thing about Glenn Tickle is that he briefly worked as a substitute teacher and was addressed in class as Mr. Tickle. That's – I mean, <laughs> if you had a substitute teacher and your name was Mr. Tickle – can I tell you something about uh, Glenn Tickle? Yeah, please. Years ago on his comedy album, he, as a bonus track, having been challenged by my Jordan Jesse Go co-host and myself to do so, uh, got his entire audience to say that your slogan for Jordan Jesse Go, which was get him, get him, get him. Then he called in live while he was doing this to our listener hotline, momentous occasions, and recorded the audience saying, get him, get him, get him. And he said that, you know, that was the end of that, and he hung up. He didn't explain. We couldn't tell that they were saying, get him, get him, get him. It sort of runs together when an entire audience in a comedy club is saying that. Sure. So we thought that they had said, garabba. Really? Um, yeah, we thought they had said, garabba, but we didn't know what garabba meant until Jordan realized uh, that it's an acronym reminding you what to do in an emergency situation. G, get help. Mm -hmm. A, assess the situation. R, read up on it. A, <laughs> assess the situation again. <laughs> B, be kind to yourself. Sure. And finally, A, abstinence. <laughs> I I have enjoyed Garabba and laughed at that joke for years, and I never knew that Glenn Tickle was the source of that joke. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn's two-year-old. Please keep us safe from the storm. I'm scared. I am scared. We also heard from Sarah, who has a three-and-a-half-year-old child named Leander, which is one of the that's, – that's up there with Thaddeus Diamond as one of the best names. Sure. The question is, Mummy, do you wish Izzy was a real boy? And for context – uh, Izzy is Leander's baby brother. <laughs> well, I mean, it's sort of Sarah's fault for giving birth to a Pinocchio. That's right. And finally, 
We have one from Josh who says, This isn't grammatically speaking a question, but the spirit of it is close enough. One time during dinner, I excused myself from the table to use the bathroom. My then four-year-old son beamed, Okay, Daddy. And then he leaned close to my ear and whispered, And when you come back, we can talk about blood. <laughs> I, uh, my, my youngest, uh, Frankie, was ill the other day and um, had some emetic issues. And so I bought some Gatorade at mm-hmm. the store, mm-hmm. some red Gatorade yep. at the store. And yep. I served it to the kids with dinner in the interest of replenishing their electrolytes. Sure, of course. And They were um, a little light in the electrolyte department. Yeah. And, Fr- and Frankie said to me, he says, Daddy, this is Bud? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I said, no, sweetie, it's just Gatorade. It's a... It's a it's a drink. It's like a soda with no bubbles in it. And he says, mm, "I think it's Bud. I'm going to drink it." <laughs> uh, speaking of drinking blood, Jesse, I know that it's a topic that is not close to your heart. No. Don't care for it. I mean, I expelled my own son from my home for potentially being a Dracula. <laughs> you disowned Frankie. Yeah. He's now a wandering creature Just, of night. And I'm not even, it's it's not even confirmed right. that Frankie is a Dracula. He showed the willingness to drink, or or as he would say, dink bud. Yeah. And when offered, it was like, yeah, it's fine. It's not fine, kids. It's not, yeah. two things I want you to take away from this podcast. Do not eat fixed vapor rub. Do not do it. Nope. And do not drink blood or seem open to it. Or at the very least, if you're going to drink blood, also have a glass of water. A, a body needs two things. It's science. One of the creepy questions that was asked was uh, by a child was, do Dracula's poop? And we had said probably not because they're just drinking blood. But I heard from a registered dietitian and nutritionist named Katie. And she wrote that she spends a lot of time talking about poop. And while she hasn't consulted a Dracula on it, she can say that as they are on a fully liquid diet containing no natural or added fiber, it's quite likely that Draculas actually do poop a lot because fully liquid diets tend to run right through you. And I think, and she says, quote, I'm thinking that a Dracula on an all-blood diet, just like a human on a liquid diet without fiber, will poo more frequently than your average human or, or other mortal on a diet that contains solid stuff and fiber in it since those things slow down intestinal transit time. Gross. ITT. Dracula's pooping. Don't like yeah. it. You know who has a lot of fiber in their diets, though? Who's that? Frankenstein's. Really? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. bran muffins? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love Hulk, them. A lot of whole grains. Frankenstein's love, Frankenstein's love bran muffins. Frankenstein's love millet. Frankenstein's love ancient grains in particular. So that's it for our proprietary podcast segment called Creepy Cool Babies. You don't have to send in any more creepy stuff from kids. It's, don't feel no, don't feel should. Oh, boy. You right. definitely should. This All is right. the best segment we've ever had on the show. This is awesome. Remember, it can be cute and creepy, but if it's just cute, yeah. enjoy your baby. 
But that's it. That's it for the segment. Unless there's something else, we have a very spooky update, <laughs> <laughs> which is you may remember. Uh, that uh, this segment really grew out of a child asking his father, Daddy, do you know the Harvester of Souls? Now, we Googled Harvester of Souls, and it turns out that this was uh, a Spirit Halloween store branded Halloween animatronic creature that was horrifying, far too horrifying for any child to be familiar with. It is was too horrifying for me to see. Very, very scary. Kind of like a, a tall, creepy Grim Reaper figure holding a a robot child and raising it up and sucking its life force fog from its mouth in a very terrifying way. Yeah, and we found this terrifying device on the wiki for the Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> Spirit Halloween store, a chain of seasonal costume shops yep. uh, that that go into defunct Woolworths across this nation. Uh, it's a every pop, a pop-up September shop, right? First, yeah, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's it, it's a I, I guess you could call it a pop up shop. It certainly predates the term pop up. Right, right, right. I mean, it's not it's not like it's some some kind of like. Um, Ex- exclusive fancy sneaker boutique. It's it's no. This isn't. Uh, these aren't a, artisanal harvesters of souls. No, it's a bu- it's a bunch of Halloween junk that sneaks into an old storefront in an abandoned mall around Halloween time, sells that junk, and then gets yeah. out of town. Yeah. So we got a letter about that from a listener named Aiden, the, specifically about the wiki. My name is Aiden, and I'm a 16 year old student residing just outside Philadelphia. I wanted to thank you for featuring the Spirit Halloween Wiki on your podcast, as I happen to be a co-owner of said (gasps) wiki. What? I also happen to be the author (laughs) of the Harvester of Souls article, (laughs) as well as the proud owner of a Harvester of Souls. So I was pretty stunned to hear my writings being talked about. (laughs) So Aiden, wait a minute, Aiden... Is the is a creator of this wiki? He wrote the article, and he has a harvester of souls. And he's 16, correct, correct, and correct. And he's sixteen years old. Pre- sixteen I, years old. I presume that he is the the only one who is writing. I mean, it's like who else this would is care? A, this is a real Doogie Hauser situation. Uh, the wiki is a major project that I and over 50 <laughs> consistent editors are incredibly proud of, and it has become a seminal part of the Spirit Halloween fan community. What is happening? 50 editors? And why is Last there- year, oh. we peaked at 220,000 viewers a week in August. And we expect to blow that number out of the water in this upcoming season. I'm interested to hear that the peak is in August, when people are just working themselves into that Halloween lather. Yeah. Thank you so much again for talking about it. We really take pride in our work. Uh, Aiden, that's incredible that you wrote that you heard that and you wrote into us. Thank you. Now. I know that you and your 50 co-editors created the Spirit Halloween store wiki. I regret to tell you that I have written on a piece of paper and mailed to myself the intellectual property, which is Mm -hmm. 
horror movie based on Spirit Halloween Store Wiki. That's my yeah. idea now. Sorry. Writers Guild of America, WGA, copyright. Nothing, nothing you can do. That's the Sorry, McElroy's. Yep, sorry, nothing you can do. I'm definitely going to pitch a... I don't know what the horror movie is going to be, but it's going to involve a haunted wiki. Scary mm-hmm. wiki. Maybe we'll call it that. Well, we should make the theme music, Haunted House of Rock by Houdini, mm-hmm. which prominently features... Wiki, wiki, wiki. There we go. Jesse Thorne, your co-creator on this. Aiden, I'm sorry that we're going to freeze you out of this incredible IP, but you have created something amazing. I would love to interview you at some time, learn more about what's going on over there. I do want to note, Jesse, that I checked it out. As of this afternoon, I did not do this. One of the 50 editors, maybe Aiden themselves, has added, I'm very proud to say, added, are discussing the Harvester of Souls into the Harvester of Souls trivia section on the page. Just below the piece of trivia that says, the arms with girls slip down after numerous activations. Not really trivia, more of a more of yeah. a service request. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to be there. Thank you, Aiden. I'm glad you made this thing. Please stay in touch. Keep me updated. Let me know how I can edit this thing, because I really feel like we should be mentioned above above the arms slipping down. We should be at the top of the trivia list. Finally, Jesse, the letters keep pouring in at a much higher rate than I would have ever expected about people eating Vicks VapoRub. Yeah. Duh. Which is to say any rate. <laughs> yeah. If you don't remember, my mom had told me once that uh, my grandmother, her mother, would feed her Vicks VapoRub like, by the spoonful as a cold cure. My mother is no longer living. Her passing was not Vicks VapoRub related, I'm, I'm glad to say. However, she's lucky to have lived as long as she did given she was eating Vicks VapoRub, which is poisonous. Don't do it. But yeah. lots and lots of people had memories of their grandparents or uncles or whatever, either you know, telling stories of, them, of themselves eating Vicks VapoRub or their own parents eating is very, very common, apparently. And one letter we got about someone who did not eat Vicks VapoRub as a cold cure, but just for the pure pleasure of eating it. You will recall listener Matthew had a friend who ate it as a child as a dinner side dish, Matthew's friend said eating Vicks VapoRub was like, quote, eating pure light. Matthew's <laughs> friend is still alive. I don't know how that happened. And per our instructions, Matthew went to his friend and got the photograph he referred to of his friend eating Vicks VapoRub as a child at the Thanksgiving dinner. Jesse, if you will scroll down, you will see... A very authentic-looking photo. I have to believe this is real. <laughs> I mean, this 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 couldn't possibly be a computer-generated hairstyle. No, Ma- Matthew's friend, as a child in around 1972, he's got a clean Thanksgiving Day plate and a big and a jar of Vicks, va- clearly a jar of Vicks VapoRub on the plate, as though it were a little uh, a little side dish. Now, the friend, we'll post this obviously on the show page at MaximumFun.org as well as our Instagram account at Judge John Hodgman. Matthew's friend would like to remain anonymous, but he did okay the inclusion of a photo of his cat, Marilyn. Jesse Thorne, would you scroll down to look at Marilyn the cat? (laughs) (laughs) Look at this cat. While Jesse laughs, I'd just like to thank everyone who wrote in with stories of Vicks VapoRub, starting with John, Thaddeus Diamond, Rebecca, 
uh, Matthew, uh, Trish, uh, uh, Michael S, Jillian L, Greg C, Sarah I, Cindy L, someone with the name of Bam Bamerson. That's incredible. Damien F, Chris this Ortiz. Cat is like a, it's like if Jabba the Hutt was a cat. That'll be on the it'll be on the thing. I've got some more people to thank for the Vicks Brigade here. Kelly Leffler, not the senator, I don't think. Ethan S. Taney or Tanny, Jamie, Matthew, Marlo, and Camille. And a, it's just like lean. I mean, it's a it's a husky cat. Yeah. But which by which I mean it's a cat husky hybrid. And it's leaning back. It's leaning back with its arm on a stair, like like, yeah, what's up? And it's got its legs open. And it's maybe wearing a necklace. <laughs> Like a surfer necklace? It's, weird. it's, it's a little a, hard to tell. The, nec- the necklace, it seems to uh, have letters on it. It says Garabba. Oh, yeah. so it's just for a reminder for what to do in emergencies. The docket is clear. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Our engineer here in Maine is Joel Mann, program and operations manager at WERU Community Radio in Orland, Maine. You can listen to WERU at WERU.org, and you can follow Joel on Instagram. His handle is the Main Man, M-A-I-N-E-M-A-N-N. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman, where that picture of that cat will almost certainly be located. <laughs> this is not, I don't usually don't, the cats are less funny to me than dogs. Because yeah. they just are classier. Yeah. But uh, uh, whereas dogs are always doing dumb stuff, you know, they're right. dumb idiots. Right. That's what's so great about them. Uh, but uh, that was a really premium cat picture. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Instagram. Um, John is also at John Hodgman and I am at put.this.on. Make sure to hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO, and you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com, where there is always a friendly conversation about the latest Judge John Hodgman episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.